do you measure what things in your life are really worth? How do you put a price tag on relationships, people, and meaning in your life? The world is very good at measuring the cost of things. A gallon of milk costs between $2.50 and $5.50, depending on what kind and where you buy it. A gallon of gas here in California costs between $3 and $4. And with Tylenol, I used to be able to tell you what it cost, but now it's in such demand you can't even buy it. People are hoarding all sorts of things during these days, and it's amazing to me that some people are even scamming others, trying to make money off of others because of this horrible tragedy that we're going through. But people have always been taking advantage of others, and some people even use religion for their own self-interest. And if we were really honest, there isn't a single one of us listening who, at some point in our life, hasn't wanted a God who gives us what we want. And many view it, as one man put it, I would like to buy $10 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a warm, quick meal, or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love someone who is very different from myself. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not new birth. I want a poured out bit of eternity in a paper bag. I would like to buy $10 worth of God, please. So much in our culture is geared to giving us what we want, when we want it, with all kinds of personal choices. That it, it just will suddenly take hold of us to want a God who gives us what we want and who rewards good behavior. Much of our growth comes from getting what we want and then finding out we don't want it after all. Unfortunately, I still have to learn that from time to time. Flannery O'Connor said, What people don't realize is how much religion costs. They think faith is a big electric blanket, when of course it is the cross. And here's how Dwight D. Eisenhower put it back in 1945. There are no victories at bargain prices. So what is a cost that counts? And where are we to look if it is higher than a God who gives us what we want? Let's turn to our scripture lesson from Mark, for it is here that our answer emerges, but not until we see the disciples' all-too-human tendency to want a God who would give them what they want. You recall, James and John came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we want. And Jesus was confused by their question, but he asked, What is it you want me to do? And they said, Let us sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand. And of course, he told them that that was not possible. He said, Are you really able to drink the cup that I am going to drink? And they were not at 
least in Jesus' mind, he knew that they wouldn't be able to do everything. And yet, much of the suffering and sacrifice that Jesus made, they would also come to eventually uh, uh, understand in their own life after his death and resurrection. How many times have we put in request to God for things as self-centered as sort of wanting to be seated by the head honcho? And the answer comes not to give us what we want, but what we need, which is directly tied to what God wants. So here's how our passage from Mark ends. Jesus called them and said to them, Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So many people have opinions about many, many things. But opinions are not convictions. These days, there are opinion polls on practically everything. I've gotten to the point where I seldom look seriously at opinion polls. Opinions are changing all the time, and they are free. Convictions are not. It is one thing to nod at what Jesus says. It is quite another to believe and make it a conviction and live it out. A cost that counts has everything to do with sacrifice, which is an integral part of our faith for today. There's a wonderful story about a young girl who needed a, an emergency surgery, and because of that, they needed extra blood on hand, she had a very rare blood type, and the doctors were certain they would need to have some of that on hand. And the only person that was available with the same blood type was her younger brother. And so the doctor and parents sat down with the young boy and explained the situation and asked him if he would be willing to give some of his blood for his sister's life. After thinking it over, he said yes. So the next day came, they prepped him, they got everything ready. The parents were standing right by his side, holding his hand as they began to draw the blood. And when he looked over at the bag and saw how much of his blood was going into it, he looked up at his mom and dad and he said, When will I die? And they realized. He didn't understand and he thought that by giving his blood, he was giving his life. That's what a sacrifice is like, a willing servant. Someone to give of themselves, no matter what the cost. Giving up ourselves for another is directing our life in the way of Christ. Kindnesses are important, and we should never miss the opportunity to express them. Often we ask ourselves, what will we give to or give ourselves to? Yet sometimes it's important to ask ourselves, what will I give up? of value to me so that something more important can happen. And we're seeing this all around us now. Times of crisis, such as the one we're in, with this horrible virus that's sweeping across the globe, we see people stepping up, first responders, and those who are on the front lines doing all that they can, risking much of their own health and well-being, not to mention that of their families. And there are things we can do too. We have to be smart, we have to be safe, but we can take that extra step in trying to help someone else 
even if it means doing it from a distance. I'm reminded of what the late great General Secretary of the United Nations, Doc Hammarskjöld, put in his spiritual diary markings. He wrote, We're not permitted to choose the frame of our destiny, but what we put into it is ours. The one who wills adventure will experience it according to the measure of his courage. She who will sacrifice will be sacrificed according to the measure of her purity of heart. Jesus knew about purity of heart. He said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. To see God is in part to see things from God's perspective and to know what God wants. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is still speaking right after the Beatitudes. And he says, I want you to listen. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. That's a cost that counts. We are to love our enemies and we are to be merciful and we are to be kind to others regardless of what they have done to us. A cost that counts. Whoever would be great among you must be servant of all. In these verses, Jesus challenges us to treat others as would God with unconditional love. When acting with unconditional love, we seek to give a person not only what they need, we seek to act not with vengeance, but with God-like compassion. We love with a greater demand on ourselves. Love's greater demand, love's sacrifice rests with us. In reading for today's sermon and preparing, I came across a story about sacrifice that goes all the way back to the Los Angeles riots over 25 years ago. There was a man by the name of Fidel Lopez who met Benny Newton, the Reverend Benny Newton, for the first time. In the frenzied initial hours of the riots, Lopez, a Latino man, had been one of the victims of mob cruelty. They had jerked him from his truck and beaten him, and he was there on the ground. And Newton, a black minister and an ex-con, came and threw himself over Lopez and said, If you kill him, you have to kill me first. Later, the two men faced each other outside a house in Torrance and hugged each other and cried. I passed through a bad moment, the 47-year-old Lopez said, wiping his eyes. I thank you. You saved my life. After placing his body across that of Lopez's, Newton waited for Lopez to regain consciousness, and then he got the battered and bleeding man into his car and took him to his home. When he couldn't summon an ambulance, he drove him in his own car to the hospital. Lopez was released the next morning, and Newton told him that members of his church had started collecting a special fund to help replace the nearly $3,000 that had been stolen from Lopez earlier when he was beaten. Lopez's boss had given him money to buy drywall and insulation for a big job the next day. 
And Newton said to Lopez, out of tragedy, good will come. The storm is over. Friends, that's a cost that counts. Now we probably won't have the opportunity to do anything quite that dramatic. But with drive-by shootings and everything else going on in the world today, you never know. That church in L.A. truly made a cost that counts. And our church can make a cost that counts too. Through our outreach and commitment to giving. Next week you'll have the opportunity to learn about our Easter offering and how important it is to help those in need right here in our own community. As we think of our lives in the greater scheme of life, what cost will we make? The principle of sacrifice is that we choose to do or suffer what apart from love we should not choose to do or to suffer. So wrote the great late William Temple, Archbishop of Canterbury. We live in a time when people want comfort and more personal choice for pleasure and pastime than ever. And we've had plenty of pastime lately. To be comfortable, to be on our couches, and to take it easy. But I want to remind us as people of faith, especially during this Lenten season, of the importance of sacrifice. Sacrifice is a sacrament of love. It is divine love when we give of ourselves and go outside of ourselves to do what we otherwise would normally do. It's critical for us as people of faith and in our journey with Christ. So what is the cost that counts? Well, the, the world knows how to count cost. But with eyes of faith, the cost is measured by what is counts in God's eyes. You get what you pay for. And so we do. It all has to do with values. A cost that counts. Will you gain the world or God? How peculiar of Jesus to have said, there is a relationship between serving and glory. And we all know that glorious headlines, money and power, or is that glamour and prestige? How imperceptive of us to have missed that sacrifice defines real personhood. It is the giving that we gain. It is the living for others that we are born to eternal life.